Yeah, the boy is sleeping on the job right now. <laughs> Motherfuckers laid up watching TV while we're up here doing a podcast. Must be nice. Yeah, Are fucking. We- I'm gonna have to dock executive producer Salem's like pay or some shit. <laughs> He's not gonna get any treats in between meals. Oh my god! Did I tell you about his little escapades the other day? No. What did he do? Okay, so it was like Monday. I was dead asleep, and I felt these little needles on my chest, and I'm like. I'm like, my mind is snapped awake. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then I start Fucking hearing sleep this. sleep paralysis demon. And then I start hearing this, like, really low, like, growl. Yeah. And I'm like. This it's is a good my- cat sound effect, Sam. Yeah, right? Thank this you. Is, this is my time. <laughs> this is finally, this is how I'm going to go right now. So. It's the Ozark meow. Yeah. And then. <laughs> So I opened my eyes, and we have a nightlight in our bedroom that is on my side. And I open my eyes, and all I see is just Salem's face just, like, slumped over, eyes, like, super heavy, looking at me, purring and making biscuits on my titties. He at, he needed to open the biscuit factory earlier. He, he needed some milk for them biscuits. At four in the morning? I think not. So I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he just looks at me, stops for a second, and then goes right back to biscuit making. And (laughs) so at this point, I'm annoyed. So I roll over and he comes with me because he's a lazy, lazy piece of shit and will come with you. Like if you drag the blanket, he doesn't get up. It was four in the morning. He doesn't get up. So I I roll with the blanket and he comes with me. And then he continues making biscuits, and I was like, well, at least it's not on my fucking titties. But I'm not even joking. I literally, like, when I heard the purring and felt the little little punctures, (laughs) I was like, this is how I'm going. Like, this is literally a sleep. This is what they keep talking about with these sleep paralysis demons. I'm like, this is how they go. I don't care about them (laughs) sitting on you. (laughs) You you know, since you're speaking about a sleep paralysis demon, let's talk about one that terrorized L.A. in the 80s. Oh, God. We're ending it with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, we are rounding out our summer Call slaughter, me too. king of the segues. Um, yeah. You do do really good segues. Right. Thank you. I, You're I welcome. really try. Um, this week, we are starting a series. If you didn't read the fucking title, shame on you. But one of the most despicable, vile serial killers ever to walk the earth. Yeah, he's described as the one of the most ruthless serial killers of all time. Um, he was kind of the anti-Bundy, where Undi, where Bundy was like uh, super organized. Yeah. Uh, Richard Ramirez was completely fucking unhinged. Complete melee. Just a shit show. It, it was just chaos. Mayhem. There was no type. There was no. And we'll get into that later in this episode, but this dude is no fucking joke. Mm-mm. He's been featured in several fucking works. Uh, American Horror Story. I have a cereal bowl with Mitch Richard Ramirez's face on it at the bottom. That That's great. When you finish your, your milk from your cinnamon toast Oh, crunch, I don't eat out of them. Oh, you don't. So you bought a bowl you don't eat out of. I bought a set. So it's four, but I bought the set because it had a Charlie Manson bowl with it and it fucking came broken. You know, the only bowls I'd be interested from a serial killer would be Ed Gein. And that's because those were human skulls. Just saying. What does he make the spoon out of? Probably a femur. No, that's too big. Maybe a forearm. What is it? The ulna and the radius? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Look at me referencing my eighth grade science <laughs> biology. <laughs> my anatomy. <laughs> if you want to know where I got my serial killer bowls, I got them off of an off of an Etsy shop called Rude Girl Designs. Maybe you and actually I love get, them. If you get a Charles Manson, Sam will Sam I will, will tra- pay you for it. Sam, I need it. She will trade you. Yeah, she I'm broke, not trading. I'm she not broke trading. Her fucking she did reimburse me. She did. But I was like, listen, like you don't have to reimburse me. I will wait. She's like, well, I will be, I don't make them all the time. I was like, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, us, I want it. I'd just be like, just make me a single. Me. Yeah. And then I was like, literally, next time you make another batch, 
Just make me one. I don't make care. One extra one. Yeah, I'll just just make it for me. I'll pay mm. for it. Yeah, I literally I was like, literally, don't you don't have to reimburse me. I want, I want the Charlie Manson one. She said no. Oh, she she's like, oh, I'll just reimburse you. I got like ten bucks back. I guess that was like forty bucks. I think. What a shame. Thirty eight. What a fucking shame. But insert, I got insert Sam's stare into the distance. Hello, darkness, smile. Yeah, pretty much. But it's the one the. He had it's the one where his like pentagram is on his palm. Wow. I have it was him. I believe I have Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh Ramirez. I don't remember who else. Ted Bundy, I think, is one of them. I would say probably it's either Bundy or Dahmer. If they're going I'd have to go back hitters. into my purchases. But before we get it. into the episode, guys. Welcome to all the new people. Please make sure you have your auto downloads on on Apple podcast and make sure you're downloading the episodes. It really helps us out. Uh, if you want to hang out and contact us and comment on our post, join us on Instagram at creeps in the crypt, no spaces, uh, Twitter at creeps in just the letter in the crypt and just Fucking shoot the shit with us. We love we love to contact you guys. So, without further ado, Sam, let's start. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, Part is, One. I do have Dahmer, Bundy, Charlie, and Ramirez. I could not. I it was in my brain. I do have Dahmer. I had to look back. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I'm glad we figured out your bowl <laughs> I don't situation. Have have Manson. I'm so glad we figured that Please out. Please, somebody send this woman Manson if you have this one. <laughs> Real she's, girl design. She's Mansonic. <laughs> so funny. Um, Richard Levia? Levia? I don't fucking know. I don't speak Spanish. I slept <laughs> through that class. I didn't even take Spanish. Munoz Ramirez. If I said that wrong, don't come for me. Munoz. Munoz. It's the little. Squig- it's got the little squiggly. Oh, Munoz. Christ Almighty. Oh, we're gonna butcher this episode so bad. R L M R. I would just huh? go with. Anyway, Munoz Ramirez was born on February 29th, nineteen sixty, in El Paso, Texas. Fucking leap year. I didn't even freaking realize that. That's what's wrong with him. I just realized that. He was born leap year. I was like, wait real... a second. February 29th. He I does. literally didn't even. He didn't have a real birthday. He was born on a leap year. I would also make me homicidal. Yeah, because like. They have your, they have <laughs> your birthday. Happy fourth on. birthday. Yeah. Every like, what, seven years? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. When do you, when do you celebrate your birthday? The 28th, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. Do you do it the first? What zodiac know. sign are you? There, you don't. I mean, I think there was a lot more wrong with Richard than what the day his birthday fell on. I don't know. But maybe it all stemmed from that. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. He was a leap year baby. I mean, that would drive me nuts too. I also don't understand why every seven years is an extra day. I don't know how we get that. Well, supposedly the Earth just sped up mysteriously recently, so all our days are super shorter now. I don't have time to unpack that. We'll talk about it off, off mic. He was the fifth child of Mexican immigrants Mercedes and Julian Ramirez. His father, Julian, a Mexican national and former Juarez policeman. Is it Julian or Julian? Probably Julian. I'm just stupid. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I'm not, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Julian, is that? I don't fucking. Know. I mean, it's jalapeno, so yeah, I guess the J's do make yeah, a. Yeah, the the J would be uh, an H. And it's Juarez. I did say sentence. Juarez. Okay. Fuck! I did say Juarez, and then Julian. I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, we're off to a great fucking start here, folks. <laughs> Jays apparently throw me off. It's fine. I'm fine, I think. So he was a policeman who later became a laborer on the AT&SF Railway, which is the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railway. 
He was an alcoholic who was prone to fits of anger that often resulted in physical abuse towards his wife and children. So he's just a he's just a gem of a guy. Real ladies. What man. a guy. He got number one dad. Father hugs. of the year. Padre of the year. I don't know how to say year Papa, in Spanish. No. I don't know how to say year in Spanish. I took French. Anyas? I don't fucking is it know. Is it on you? I don't fucking know. And they is it in French. So that sounds. That, I just that realized, track. like, I think Richard Ramirez might be one of the only Hispanic American serial killers. No, I'm sure there's plenty. No, I think he might have. I think he might be the most no- notorious Probably one. Probably the most notorious, but. Like in America? Yeah, like North, like the United States. I mean, look, there's some dudes down in South America that are. Yeah, Pedro Lopez. I like him. wild. He's still not. They've still found him. I mean, isn't there one that like killed like 200 orphans or some crazy shit? I think that was Pedro Lopez. Yeah. He like broke out of prison. A freaking. Was it Brazilian? Uh, I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I don't know. It was a we'll South American prison. We'll have to do an episode prison. on it. It was a South American prison, so yeah. you know that shit was wild. <laughs> no shit. I've seen it in prison break. <laughs> I was gonna say, what'd you see that in the Italian job? <laughs> I love the Italian job. Anyway, Richard or Ricky sustained multiple head injuries early on in his life. At age two, a dresser fell on his head, causing him to get thirty stitches, almost killing him. Oh, what a shame the dresser missed. Eric. I know that he was an innocent two-year-old at that point. Uh, well, you know, sometimes you gotta get a time machine and kill these serial killer babies. All right, all right. Here's the Not paradox. Not the babies. No, here's the paradox for you. You know, Adolf Hitler kills six million Jews. You get sucked into a time warp. Where he dumps you out next to baby Hitler. What do you do? Do you kill that baby? And save the lives of six million people. Do I have the opportunity? Is it like is like killing him? Is like is that my only choice, or kind of like take him in as my own and love him, and then he doesn't turn to be Hitler? What if that happens? No, no, he ends up Hitler no matter what. Oh, is it like a baby baby, or is it it's like teenage a fucking baby? Oh, I don't. Eric can go stomp a mud hole in that baby's ass. That's what I'm saying. Stomp it's the yard. Baby. Hey, it's Hitler. This is cut off the rails. <laughs> Much are like you this saying year. you wouldn't kill Hitler, Sam? All babies are cute and innocent. What if this baby had the mustache? Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> baby stache. I'm sorry. I got a soft topic. You did. Off the rails. In the comments uh, on Facebook, I'll take a poll. Would you kill a baby Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> and then it. that's how our podcast got striked. <laughs> Struck, would, stroked? Stroked? Would you kill baby Hitler poll on Instagram? Coming soon. Uh, uh, you know what? I'll put the poll out this Sunday. Okay. So. He's a baby. I'm a mom. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a baby. It's a cute little baby. Maybe. It's baby Hitler. Know. He's goose stepping in diapers. What the hell is a goose step? The Nazi march. Like, oh, I didn't know that was called a goose step. Yeah, you're goose stepping. Like a huh, goose? No, like, like one foot out. I can't do it because I'm like fucking sitting down on the I couch. I mean, I know what march you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. didn't. That, they call it goose stepping or high stepping. But yeah, one hand out. I'm not going to do it. Well, through. I know. I know. I'm not going to do the Zig Hale thing through the fucking window to where the neighbors can see me. So. <laughs> I don't need them thinking I'm hosting a rally up here. I'm just like doing a paradox. Oh, that would be the one thing that they would be worried about. Not the eight foot tall zombie that's in the fucking upstairs or the plague doctor. Yeah, the plague doctor who's more than eight foot tall. By the way, I'll be unveiling the new studio on September 2nd. uh, The spooky season episodes. So (laughs) anyway, we are so far off topic. Yeah. All right, enough about baby Hitler and would you kill him, Sam, which apparently you won't. She didn't answer it. It's a baby. Why don't you answer I would it have on the a poll? Serious, I would have a serious... It's like a... It's a, ta- it's a catch-22. Like, yay, no Hitler, but, like, I killed a baby. 
What so. about baby Richard Ramirez? Would you push the dresser? All right. Would you push the dresser knowing this man killed maybe 20 people? Would you push the dresser onto baby Richard Ramirez? No, because that was that he. Clearly the dresser falling on his head was the cause. It might be. Because <laughs> like, uh, what if it didn't? I mean, his dad beat the shit out of him. We just time paradoxes fucking episode. <laughs> I mean, his dad beat the shit out of him, I, and then a swing hit him in the head. Well, we'll get so, to that. So, like, I'm about to. All right, let's get to that. I'm going to put a ball gag in your mouth. Shut up so she can fucking get back into the episode. <laughs> no, our paradoxes. The episode has our gone paradigm. into more chaos than this serial killer. So, well, it's fitting. All right. Puts par for the course. We are on brand mm-hmm. for, this, for this little mini series. That is true. Baby Hitler, is, baby Hitler is excited. Baby Hitler needs to die. All right, let's, let's move on. Anyway, oh, there's a conspiracy theory about Hitler. Anyway, mm. we'll get there. Not here, but there. Maybe anyway. next spring. Springtime for Hitler. Oh, my God. We're doing our April episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 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 anyway. So, dresser falls on him. He gets 30 stitches. After he was knocked unconscious by a swing back when he was five, he began to have epileptic fits. Which, if you remember to an early episode episode this summer, John Wayne Gacy got knocked out by a swing Mm -hmm. and had epileptic blackouts and shit. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is no more playground equipment. Yeah, I wouldn't do metal swings on the playground. That's what I'm going to do. I don't think I ever had metal swings. You never played on a rusty ass playground? Where you had the ten, like chance of getting tetanus. Oh no! I grew up in the boonies. They yeah. were just wooden. Um, I'm weren't wooden. Oh, okay, yeah. Mine we were, were more sophisticated. <laughs> Ours were metal. Not so mine. when you went down the slide, it took off half a layer of your skin. No, we had metal ones. Like the whole thing, metal. No, just the slide. Oh, I have the to rest of it was wood. Janky mm. ass wood. At that. Hmm. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. We didn't have any metal swings. I think a wooden swing would still knock you the fuck out, though. Mm-hmm. Probably. We had a big-ass tire swings and shit. Like, Especially if it was just like, oops, your gr- uncle fucking built this swing, and it's just a two-by-four, and it's strapped to a fucking string or, like, a rope. And somebody yeah, just takes chains. the end of it and, like, throws it at you. Mm. Yeah, we had wooden swings on chains. It's fine. I know I'm redneck. It's okay. You ain't got to tell me. It's fine. We live. We didn't kill nobody. We didn't go on rampages. I lived, sort of. I came out relatively unscathed. <laughs> Slight trauma, but I'm fine. <laughs> Jesus. It's okay. I'm fine. I, I got to hold my tongue on that one. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, so uh, Richard also claimed that his father physically abused him and that he had sustained multiple head injuries as a child. So, like, we already know for sure of two. The yeah. dresser and the swing. And, and then, God knows how many he had during, like, an epileptic fit. He was probably right. smashed. Because that's what killed Travolta's son was an epileptic, like, seizure. I thought it was a plane crash. No, no, no. His son died, like, in a shower. Jet. No. His n- Jet, right? No. His name was Jet. Oh, I don't fucking know. I thought it was an airplane crash. I just remember reading about it. I don't know. That was so long ago. But we've already checked off two boxes under how to make a serial killer. Head injury, mm-hmm. which you see time and time of fucking again. Mm-hmm. And abuse. And abuse. And the third is what? Arson? Well, I mean, there's like bedwetting and shit like that. But, like, but the main trifecta. He's got two of the three. Yes. I, believe the third well, I mean, you just see it as similarities in serial killers is like. Abusive childhood, head injury, but he's about to to meet his best influence ever. It's almost like this this guy wrote a serial killer cookbook. Like if Ed Kemper's mom was to write a book on parenting, this would be the guy that would like fucking one upper and be like, watch this. And that's hold what my beer. Yeah, hold my hold my burr. Hey hold y'all. my modello. Hey y'all, watch this. 
Was that Larry the Cable Guy? Yeah, something like that. Get know. her done. Get her done. All right. Anyway. Let's get her done. By the age of 10, Richard had started smoking weed and drinking alcohol. So he's just ripe for the take picking. Not taking. Picking. At 12 years old, Richard Richie, as he was known to his family, he was strongly influenced by his older cousin, Miguel or Mike Ramirez, a decorated Green Beret combat vet who had already become a serial killer and a rapist during his time in the Army in Vietnam. Mike... This dude's super fucked up. Like, Yeah. If the family knows this guy's history, which it sounds like he speaks very, very open and candid about... Um, yeah, was he like, oh, that wasn't me. He's not taking it. No, no, I, I think he straight up shows this to about anybody in the family that is like, how was Vietnam? Well, well let me show you. Well, Uncle Julian, here's let my me necklace, show you. Here's my necklace of Vietnamese women's ears. Ew. It's the only thing that gets me off at night. It's the original earbud. All I can think of is that skit from SNL where the Vietnam vet is at the puppet like class. He's like, back in Grenada. It's uh, <laughs> back in the jungles of Grenada. Okay. So Miguel often boasted of his brutal war crimes and shared photos with Richard, showing him. The Vietnamese women. Oh, what were they photos of, Sam? Like the food he he ate there? Like, you know, kind of like an Instagram post or what were the photos of? Could I? Well, no, he didn't. He didn't need them. So I can't call it food. No, no, I was saying like, you know, when you go travel somewhere, you take like really pretty photos of like the scenery and the food and the sh- all the touristy shit. What? What were these photos of, Sam? Um, I'm going to call this extreme tourism, and they were... <laughs> Something out of an Eli Roth movie, maybe? I was thinking of Night Shyamalan, because it's fucking horrific. Uh, I was thinking Hostel by Eli Roth, but... Oh, is that? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't know who directed Hostel. That went over my head, which a lot of things do. It's fine. Sorry, I'm a horror movie person. I mean, I like them. I don't know who directed them. But uh, I enjoy them. I'm a horror movie snob. You're a whore for yeah. horror movies. Yeah. So it, the photos were of the Vietnamese women whom he had uh, assaulted, tortured, murdered, dismembered, and or decapitated. Richard, By assaulted, did you mean rape? Yes. I hate that word. I just don't like saying it. I'll say it for you. Don't worry. Thank you, Eric. It's the neighborly thing to do. Just, Jeff, just insert rape or into there with Eric's voice anytime that no! he assaults it. It's just do five minutes of me <laughs> saying rape, 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 rape. No. Uh, just get the. You know what? This episode's cursed already. So let's let's get let's keep going. <laughs> Richard would later state while incarcerated that he was fascinated as opposed to being repulsed by the images and stories Miguel shared with him. Miguel taught Richard some of his military skills, such as killing with stealth and effectively staying hidden in the dark. I'm sure he'll go on to apply those skills later on in life. But I mean, who didn't look at fucked up photos as a kid? Like, Everybody in this room. Not me. You didn't look up fucked up photos? I would go on Ogreish and Rotten.com all the fucking time, dude. I've never even heard of those. So that's where you'd go to see, like, decomposing bodies and, like... Oh, I was agreeing with Car you. crash victims and all sorts of fucked up shit. Murder victims. You might be I watched, a, I watched a, a Swedish girl get her head cut off on there. It was, like, the really fuck fucked up. Is- yeah, dude. <laughs> Sam's like... Like, a, like live? Not lot. I mean, it was it was recording. 
There's a lot of fucked up shit on the internet back in the day, dude. Did you hear about, um, he's a, he was Russian, like a video game streamer. He killed his girlfriend on fucking live. On like a Twitch stream or some shit like that. That happens all the time. The guy who blew his head off on the Twitch stream, or no, it was Facebook live. Who showed me that video? I think it was me. Fuck you. (laughs) I will never forget that. But he, like, it was in fucking Russia in the wintertime. He, like, locked his girlfriend out in her bra and panties on their freaking patio and she froze to death. Damn, that's crazy. No, thank you. So it was around this time that Richard began to seek escape from his father's violent temper by sleeping in a cemetery. What do you mean? You know, I respect it. So when I was 21, I used to intern at a funeral home and a cemetery. I worked at the cemetery, interned at the funeral home, but I would go take power naps in the mausoleum at like three o'clock. It's very quiet. In the morning or afternoon? No, the afternoon. It's very quiet. I was going out and partying all night because I was like fucking 21. I was like, fuck it, whatever. And then I'd crash in the afternoon. I'd sleep with the dead for about two hours. Did you sleep like the dead? No, no, they don't wake back up. You're hilarious. The look I'm getting is just cash money. <laughs> I'm going to get a little whiteboard behind me, and every time that Sam looks at Eric with disdain, <laughs> I'm going to tally it. It needs to be like a... Like Zero a- days since incident <laughs> board. It would never be at zero, ever. No, it just always. Well, <laughs> it would just be like the days in between the recordings. They don't count because I'm not here. Mm, there you go. Zero days. She like, gets showed disdain. Anytime she threw I text, can send a gif. Yeah. Mm. I'm marking that one. I'm going to run up the stairs. <laughs> Ding! Yep, tally that one. <laughs> that, was a, that was sent in disdain. <laughs> I'm going to look if there's any disdainful oh, gifts. Oh, god damn it. When we're done here, Richard was uh, present on May 4th, 1973, when Miguel fatally shot his wife, Jessie, in the face with a handgun during an argument. Like the graphic photos and stories of his cousin's war crimes in Vietnam, Richard would later similarly, similarly remark that witnessing the murder was not traumatizing for him in any traditional sense, but rather a subject of fascination. Like, watching a woman's brain get fucking splattered in front of you at that young of an age has to, like, really fuck you up. Uh, According to Richard... It was fascinating. It was great. Fascinating. Fucking, he's the he's the mad scientist off of Jurassic Park. Fascinating. <laughs> but uh, just oh, look at look at how the brain matter goes against the wall. Fascinating. Um, yeah, dude. Nah, that's pretty fucking dark. Yeah, I uh, I don't even know how to unpack that. Yeah, that's that's a a lot. Instead of finding it terrifying, he's like, do it again. He's like, here, let's go find our neighbor. Can I shoot the next one? Yeah. Dibs on the next one. God damn it. After the shooting, Richard became sullen and withdrawn from his family and peers. Miguel was later found not guilty of Jesse's murder by reason of insanity with the shooting attributed to PTSD from his service in Vietnam. I could see that. He only got sentenced to like four years in the mental hospital. And then he was like, they were like, see you later. He's like, I was in the shit. I just imagine him like talking like Nick Nolte in Tropic Thunder. I've never seen that movie. Oh my God. What? It's so good. It's such a good movie. We gotta take Richie and put him in the shit. Never seen it. It's so good. Oh. It's the best. Yeah, sorry. Well, I'm sure somebody at home can laugh at that joke. Someone did. 
I'm sure somebody did. It just wasn't me. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking Clockwork Orange your ass and make you watch it. You never seen Clockwork Orange, have you? Yeah, I have. Oh, I was gonna go for the tally of disdain. <laughs> I fucking hate it here. Tally for every time Eric shakes his head at both of us. Oh my god! At one or both. Mm. I haven't really said anything obnoxious yet, so no, yet being the good. operative word. You've been pretty good. Let's continue. It's only the beginning. Shortly after the shooting, Richard moved in with his older sister, Ruth, and her husband, Roberto. This is probably like the final spice. Uh, well, maybe maybe not the spice. spice the, the, the final ingredient into Richard's serial killer casserole. The piece de resistance. Why is he a casserole? Is it because nobody? He's likes got a it? mix of things going on. Oh, nobody likes casseroles. <laughs> oh, I like some casseroles. Oh, Ed Kemper loved casseroles. Mm. He cooked a couple women in a casserole. Wonderful. Did he put burger rubs on it? No, it was like a mac and cheese casserole. Mm. We can go right into the book with Joe Metheny and Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't think that he took anybody to Flavortown, so I'm just going to just... Nah, he took him to Poundtown. It was a very Midwest, yeah, yeah. You're okay saying that, but not the R word? Let's just say he glazed the donut. <laughs> oh. No. He got to taste his own spice. <laughs> Did he cut them up after and ate them? Yeah. He, like, cut some thigh meat off, throw it in a casserole. Okay, so it wasn't like, okay. It was just, like, a perversion thing. But we're done with Kemper. We got to keep going with Richard Ramirez. So Richard moves in with his sister Ruth and her husband, Roberto. And so he's a, Roberto is an obsessive peeping Tom who took Richard along on his little nighttime adventures. After, yeah, what could go wrong there? What what example could that set for a boy who just literally spent the last couple of years staring at beheaded Vietnamese women? Nothing but wholesome rainbows and unicorns and butterflies. It's not like he would apply these skills that he's learning later on in life. No, that's not at all why we're talking about him on Summer Slaughter 2. <laughs> not at all. After Miguel was released from the mental hospital in 1977, he sometimes accompanied Richard and Roberto on these voyeuristic walks, spying on women in the nearby areas through their windows. By the time Richard had turned 14 er, in early 1974, he began using LSD frequently. That sounds like a lot of fun. to a point to, in an LSD. interview uh, I did, it was wild. Um, but this, he did it enough to a point to where like his childhood friends were like making comments after he got caught. They're like, well, you, you know, the LSD is what fucked him up. Like he wasn't right after he took that shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm too scared to do any of that stuff. I'm a big old puss. You don't want to come. You want to come talk to the Clockwork Elves with me? No, I'm good, thank you. They're really cute, apparently, from what Eric told me. They're, they look like little Clockwork gnomes. They're great. I'm sure they're very. They're in the mirror. I'm sure they're very adorable and very nice. I'm not even kidding. What do you mean? Like if you stare in the mirror and see them. I'm not even making a joke. No, that actually happened. It's actually like a, a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's an LSD thing. Oh. So it's not like you stare into the mirror. I was like, I stare in the mirror for like 30, 45 minutes at a time every do it, day. Do, do, do it, it on acid. Makeup. You won't You won't look away for like three and a half hours. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Acid's great. I wouldn't know. And the most I've done is like pot. I was prescribed Kurt Percocets for my C-section though. That was fun. I slept wonderfully. (laughs) So Richard and Miguel resumed their 
bonding over their shared use of drugs and alcohol. I wonder if he was like the uncle that had like the 10 stories, but Richard, like, because he's on LSD, is like, man, this is like the first time I've seen this ever again. Could, all right. It, staring at pictures on acid is like mind blowing because every single pixel is moving all at once. Oh my God. So if he's looking at these pictures of these decapitated fucking torture. They're moving. Yeah. They're moving. Like pictures move when you're on acid. Thank you. Their head's like floating away from their body slowly. And Miguel's dick is just getting longer and longer. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) It looks like it looks like that w- old Windows screensaver, the pipe that just keeps. <laughs> Man, that was my favorite screensaver. I just ruined it for it. I don't even have that one anymore. I don't think. And then the little candy went turned into the little candy cane one. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I remember the ball that turned into spikes. Yes, that one too. There's another one I liked. I don't remember what it was though. I like that one. I was like, oh, okay. I like the pipe, and it will like change colors and stuff. Well, that is Miguel's dick. Maybe yeah, time. Miguel's pipe also changed colors when you're on LSD. <laughs> I'm sure it did. It was during this period that Richard began to cultivate an interest in Satanism and the occult. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> What could go wrong here? When he reached adolescence, Richard Ramirez began to meld his burgeoning sexual fantasies with graphic violence, including forced bondage and BDSM, murder, mutilation, and assault. While still in school, he took a job at a local Holiday Inn and used his passkey to rob sleeping patrons foreshadowing yep just a little bit on at least one occasion richard molested two children in an elevator at the hotel but he was never reported or prosecuted for this act his employment ended abruptly after richard attempted to assault a woman in her hotel room and was caught in the act by the victim's husband although the husband beat Richard at the scene criminal charges were dropped when the couple who lived out of state declined to return to tax to Texas to testify against him what you have here in most like rape cases is especially in this time because this is like what late 70s yeah um the stigma of having to go through a rape trial so they don't want the negative stigma. They don't want the negative attention. So they just say, fuck it and let it go. I mean, that still happens today. I mean, it's yeah, it still happens today. People are pieces of shit. Like, that's just the facts. But I mean, that that's why Richard Ramirez didn't get like seriously f- fucking punished for this. I'd have beaten the dickens out of him. I want to say the husband beat the fuck out of him. He would have needed a little straw to eat through the rest of his life. He'd have been a vegetable Mm. if I was a dude. Look, he would have killed baby Ramirez. He would have been all about it. Yeah. Like, if I could save my wife from the, the pain and anguish of an attempted rape, stomp that baby's head. Swish it like a gusher. <laughs> Richard dropped out of his school, his high school freshman year. And then he was arrested for the first time for a marijuana possession in 1977. Not anything else. Just that. That's yeah, the first that's his first time. That's, okay. His first taste of. He got, um, his, he got his cherry popped. Yeah, that's his first taste of what? Uh, the judicial judicial system. He then moved to California and became addicted to cocaine and soon began to burglarize homes. Now, this was around the same time that we're going to hearken back to our first two episodes. This is when he was living at the Cecil Hotel. 
No shit. Yep. So once he started hanging out on Skid Row, I thought uh, that was that was later. I mean, this was constant throughout the entire fucking time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like this was permanent. He would be in and out of the Cecil Hotel. I love but, Cecil. Uh, yeah. So around this time, but much like Jesus, who disappeared for like thirty years in the Bible, or fifteen years in the Bible, Richard Ramirez just basically disappears for like three. Um, that we don't really have a track record on what he did, what he could have done. Yeah, we still don't know like what all. And we never will. No. We never will. No. Uh, but there's a three or four year gap, basically, um, between like him leaving Texas and coming to California and then him like really ramping it up again. Yeah. But everybody said he never worked and he always had cocaine. So you can you can put the picture together. He was just fucking robbing everybody. Oh yeah. But that was his nickname as a kid was Ricky Rabone. Rapone? Rabone. 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 Robber. Ricky the robber. Oh, okay. Is that Spanish for robber? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I didn't want to sound one. I didn't want to sound stupid, but I wanted to know. Yeah. I don't don't worry, I, 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 I can have Jeff edit that out. I mean, I don't mean, but I, at least the answer was yes, okay? I'm just fucked with these two. <laughs> at least the answer was yes to that question. Oh my God. He was, Richard was arrested twice in LA for auto theft in 1981 and 1984. And it was during this time that he also started to severely neglect his personal hygiene. So I have a, a quote real quick from Richard Ramirez. Somebody was asking about about his one of his favorite songs, right? Are you going to play it? Not yet. I mean, his voice. Richard. No, no, no. This is out of a paper. Oh. So it doesn't show what they asked him, but it says, Ramirez, no, I listened to Billy Idol, Flesh for Fantasy. You know, the lyrics that would reflect my feelings. He has a song called Eyes Without a Face that he says, uh, he's on a bus, which I always was on a bus most of the time. And he says that reading murder books to stay hip. Uh, he's on a psychedelic trip, you know? So it's been speculated that the song Eyes Without a Face inspired Richard Ramirez to, for some of his kills. Interesting. Can, Jamie can, Billy Idol. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, we're, there's going to be a lot of music references in this series. There has been a lot of music references. Yeah. It's it's going to be ACDC and Billy Idol and all of Richie's I favorites. I love ACDC. And, of course, burglary and auto theft became not enough for Richard. So he upped his own ante and progressed to murder. Of course, because we wouldn't be talking about him if he didn't. On April 10th, 1984, Richard murdered Mei Lung, a nine-year-old Chinese-American girl in the basement of his apartment building in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco. Lung was with her eight-year-old brother and looking for a lost $1 bill when Richard approached the girl and told her to follow him into the basement to find it. Once they were in the basement, Richard beat, strangled, and assaulted Lung before stabbing her to death with a switchblade, hanging her partially nude body from a pipe by her blouse. The killing was not linked to Richard until 2009 when his DNA was matched to a sample obtained at the crime scene. You know what's the saddest fucking part about this? It's not like Richard Ramirez had any scruples about who he fucking killed or who he did what to. I think he literally just forgot about this one. I think he did so much killing that he just... I mean, his agenda was very full. He had a lot going on. Yeah. I think this was like probably one of the those murders that he was just like, meh. He was he, still 
figuring it out. He also was never technically charged with this murder either because there was another sample of DNA found at the scene. Yeah, we were going to touch on that later on. Oh, sorry. We were going to touch that on that in episode two. But, uh, all right, go ahead, Sam. Sorry. For anatomy. <laughs> June 27th, 1984, a, his, uh, for, I mean, not first, but I like the Second. first one of his reign. Yeah. The first one that was documented, I guess, yeah. for Richard Ramirez. The first that he was prosecuted for. That's a good way to put it. The first official of his body count, I guess, since technically he wasn't charged for it, the first one. It was 79-year-old Jenny Vinkow. She was sexually assaulted, stabbed, and killed during what was thought to be a burglary gone wrong in her home. Richard climbed through the window of her home in Eagle Rock. When he discovered that there wasn't much of anything of value within the home, he became so enraged that he slit her throat so deeply that it nearly decapitated her. That's... Fucking heavy, dude. That's a lot of rage. Yeah. Like a lot. Then he took a page from our buddy Ed Kemper's book and sexually assaulted her corpse. And this pretty much kick-started his reign of terror. This murder. Yeah. I mean... That's that's a good one to start with, I guess. Starting off strong. Because, I mean, between the supposed, between the first victim. Yeah. Um, and the second victim was not that long. Like, not a long cooldown period at all. No. So it happened in April. The other one was June 27th. Mm-hmm. So... A little over two months, right? Um, three? Three months, yeah. Little April, May, no, yeah, a little over two months. Yeah, about two months. So, not a long cooldown period at all. Which no. normally, like, for the first kill, it's a pretty substantial, like, hibernation period. Normally, but we are not talking about a normal guy. No. So, a little side note. I do want to, like, I've been thinking about this for a while. I want to, like, make, like, a, what are they called? Like, the ruler graphs? Mm-hmm. Where it's just, like, on a scale. And I want to, like, break out. I just want to see how many of, like, the notorious serial killers actually overlap each other. Oh, like, their location? I mean, like, just not of their location. Like, their, their, their reigns of terror. Like, how many of them, like, overlap each other? Do they, like, know each other? I just want to know. I don't think they all hang out at, like, a serial killer bar. But Why? I'm sure, Why like, as, as we know with, like, Ed Kemper and Herbert Mullen. And, they could uh, have $2 Bloody Marys. They they were working at the same <laughs> time. funny to you. Uh, I'm just <laughs> skipping over that. <laughs> you look flabbergasted. I am. Um... And you had Dean Coral and Gacy operating at the same time. Like, you have a lot of serial killers operating around the same time, but it's mostly in, like, the 70s and mm-hmm. 80s. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just want to know. Like, that was the heyday of serial killing, was the 70s, 70s and 80s. Yeah, it's just not like how it used to be. I mean, there's a couple in the 90s, but not like it was. No, things were so much better back then. Was it, Sam? Was it better? Music was pretty bippin'. Good. good music. Pretty bitchin'. Mm-hmm. Mm. You got rock and roll and, like, serial killers and cute clothes. What more could a girl ask for? <laughs> Richard waited nine months before he struck again. On March 17th, 1985... Maria Hernandez had just come home to her condo in Rosemead when Richard came up behind her with a gun and shot her. When she put up her hand to try and defend herself, the bullet actually ended up ricocheting off of her car keys and ultimately saved her life. 
She fell to the ground. She is the luckiest potential serial killer victim of all time ever. Yeah. Like 100% hands down the fucking luckiest. Yeah. Next to the guy that was like in Jeffrey Dahmer's like kill chamber. The Tracy guy? Yeah. Yeah. Tracy Edwards. Yup. I would say both of them are on the same level of like, damn, I'm lucky. Mary Vincent, also Lawrence Singleton. One of my favorites. I'm sure we'll, we'll get, get to, to him. That. Oh, we will. <laughs> we will get to her. So Maria says she remembers feeling, quote, a cross between pain and heat on my right hand. Richard then went into the condo and found Dale Okazaki hiding behind the kitchen counter, and he shot and killed her. When Richard left the condo, he was then face-to-face with Maria. He noticed her and pointed the gun at her once again, and she begged him, please don't shoot me again. And then he was just like, okay, put the gun down, or put his, lowered his gun and ran. He decided that he hadn't done enough, so he shot and killed Sai Lian Yu the same evening. He pulled her out of her car, shot her, and then drove away. You just left her car and her body where they laid. That was it. The media initially dubbed him, quote, the Valley Intruder, but that name really didn't stick. He had a few different nicknames before being officially dubbed the Night Stalker. He was also called the... Which is what he wanted to be called, the Night Prowler, which is what we'll... Uh, talk about more in the next episode also but yeah he wanted to be called the night prowler after the acd song acdc song because that was like his favorite fucking band in fact he dropped a hat that said acdc at the crime scene um that he just left really yep he was also called the walk-in killer, which just makes me think he Turkish restaurants. But that might just be the service industry in me. <laughs> and he was also called the screen door intruder. Which has to be the worst fucking name. Yeah, who? somebody should get fired from their paper that we're working at. Who came up with that? They'll have a meeting. And like, who wants to be called the screen door intruder? Like, ugh. Well, it didn't stick, so. No, well, it was a terrible name. The well, yeah, but it, it, we also have two serial killers now called the Night Stalkers. We have the original Night Stalker and then the Night Stalker. Mm. There's two. Interesting. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> fun something fact. Every day. It's not a, it's not an episode unless I have a fun fact. There you go. On March 27th, this is 10 days later. 1985, Richard entered a home that he had burglarized a year earlier at 2 a.m. and killed 64-year-old Vincent Charles Zazara with a gunshot to his head from his 22 caliber handgun and then moved on to Maxine Lavinia Zazara, who was 44. She was awakened by the gunshot and Richard beat her and bound her hands while demanding to know where her valuables were. While he ransacked the room, Maxine escaped her bonds and retrieved a shotgun from under her bed, which was not loaded. What's sad is her husband cleaned, like unloaded the gun because her grandkids came over like the week before or something. Mm. So him being a good granddad got her fucking murdered. That sucks. Being a responsible adult got him murdered. Or got her murdered. Mm Mm-hmm. That fucking sucks. Yeah. Don't let the NRA hear that one. I doubt they listen to our podcast. I doubt that, too. (laughs) The infuriated Richard shot her three times with a twenty-two, then fetched a large carving knife from the kitchen. He mutilated her body by stabbing her several times and then removed her eyes with the knife and placed them in a jewelry box, which he took when he left. And he kept it as at his apartment as a souvenir until his arrest. 
Dude. Fucking gross. That's why I brought up that eyes without a face shit. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Um, And I believe he took it back to the Cecil. Doesn't make it any less gross. No. So he was living at the Cecil at this time. Yeah. So he was bouncing around between San Francisco and... Skid Row. Uh, Skid Row. So the Tenderloin and Skid Row. He was just hanging out with like all the homeless people and shit. And the junkies and stuff. You want to know something funny? I might have told you already, but I don't know. Uh, an episode of Castle. Um, they shot right in front of the Cecil when they're supposed to be in New York. And I was like, you motherfuckers, you are so dumb. The autopsy determined that the mutilations were post-mortem. Vincent and Maxine's bodies were discovered by their son, Peter. Richard left footprints from a pair of Avia sneakers on, in the flower beds, which the police photographed and cast. This was virtually the only evidence that the police had at the time. He was really good at like not really leaving much evidence. Mm-hmm. I always get sloppy, though. Bullets found at the scene were matched to those found at previous attacks, and the police determined that a serial killer was at large. What would have given him that theory? I have no idea. Police theorized that it was because Maxine got a good look at him. It was these murders that really set into his M.O., which was shoot and kill the husband and then stab and assault the wife. I mean, he was just doing random break-ins, though. It wasn't like these were planned out attacks, but... No, like, the people he, that he did kill, it, it was... It came out later on from, like, a um, cellmate of his that what his M.O. really was was hiding out in front of the house until the wee hours of the morning and then going in. So he'd watch these people throughout the night. And then go in and do his shit. So he would just, like, sit and watch. Like, in the trees and shit. Ugh. One of the most terrifying things about Richard Ramirez, I mentioned earlier, that's he just, he did not have a type like most serial killers have. Like, uh, Ed Kemper, he killed college girls. And Jeffrey Dahmer was a homosexual and eight men and he was just like Casey mm, liked little boys yeah he was the he was in Israel Keys before Israel Keys was which was another music heavy inspired episode <laughs> so funny how we <laughs> end where we start oh, we did mm-hmm. it's a little poetic wanna so he would kill he was willing to kill just about Anyone who crossed his path. Yeah, it wasn't about like. It was chaos. It, it, he was just killing out of chaos. Literally, no one was safe. On May fourteenth, nineteen eighty-five, Richard returned to Monterey Park and entered the home of Bill Doy, who was sixty-six, and his disabled wife, fifty-six-year-old Lillian Doy. Surprising Bill in his bedroom. Richard shot him in the face with a semi a 22 semi-automatic pistol as he went for his own handgun, Bill. After beat, beating the mortally wounded man into unconsciousness, Richard entered Lillian's bedroom, bound her with thumb cuffs. What the and fuck are thumb cuffs? They literally just go around your thumbs. You can't you can't break the bond. But, like, I have, I don't, I know, but think about it. Your thumb is a lot of. They just cuff your thumbs. Your thumb is everything. I've never heard of thumb cuffs. That's funny. He assaulted her after he ransacked their home for valuables. Bill Doy died of his injuries while in the hospital. He sexually assaulted her. Yeah. Yeah. Which, that you're going to see that in pretty much all of these. Uh-huh. Like, the only way that he could get sexual satisfaction was to, like, brutally murder people. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm all for a little pain, but, like, 
No. Well, you can thank Cousin Mike for that. I'm sure I won't. And no one else did, except for Richard. On the night of May 29th, 1985, so this was like 10, 15 days, a little over two weeks later. So he's got like no chill. No, he he's in a, a blood fury. Blood frenzy, I should say. Yeah. He's he's hit his blood frenzy already. Like he hit he went zero to sixty real fucking quick. Mm-hmm. Richard drove a stolen car to Monrovia and stopped at the house of Mabel Ma or Ma Bell, who was eighty three, and her disabled sister, eighty one year old Florence Nettie Lang. Finding a hammer in the kitchen, he bludgeoned and bound Nettie in her bedroom and then bludgeoned and killed and bludgeoned Ma before using an electrical cord to shock the woman. Which he definitely picked that trick up from Mike. For or sure. Miguel. Because that's that's like a interrogation tactic. You take a lamp cord and you mm-hmm. can just shock people with it. And he shocked her for hours. Like this went on for hours. That's repeatedly horrible. shocking and raping this woman. That is horrific. So after sexually assaulting Nettie, he used Ma's lipstick to draw the satanic pentagram symbol on her thigh, as well as on the walls of both bedrooms. The women were found two days later alive but comatose and critically injured. Ma later died of her injuries in the hospital. The next day, Richard drove the same car to Burbank and snuck into the home of Carol Kyle, who was 42. At gunpoint, he bound Carol and her 11-year-old son with handcuffs and then ransacked the house. He released Carol to direct him to where the family's valuables were. He then sexually assaulted her many times. Richard also repeatedly ordered her to not look at him, telling her at one point that he would cut her eyes out. He fled the scene after retrieving the child from the closet and binding the two together again with the handcuffs. Yeah, you you see that more and more, like, where he's like, don't fucking look at me type of shit. Someone else did that, too. We didn't cover them, but, like, I feel... Like, don't look at me or I'll fucking cut your eyes. Yeah. I make like I could be. It also could be a Criminal Minds episode. I don't know. The LAPD increased their presence on the streets. They at this point, they launched a full scale dedicated task force. And then the FBI steps in at this point to aid in the investigation. The residents are so terrified that there was a noticeable surge in gun sales, lock installations, burglar alarms, and attack dogs. From this point on, it is a full escalation. He's just going like full send on this reign of terror. Yeah, it, it really ramps up from here. Did I use full send right? You did. Perfect. You did. He used he. You you are up with the TikTok trend. I just work with a lot of Gen Zers now. Yeah, it's weird. Well, we don't have enough Gen Zers listening to this show, so it's fine. I have I have a couple of them listening to it. Hell yeah! Yes, I do. But that's where we're going to end it for this week with Richard Ramirez, guys. Yeah. Um, thank you, and we are ready to do part two right after this. Remember, it is spooky season starting September 2nd. <laughs> I'm already drinking pumpkin beer. So, We're so excited. you know, I'm hyped. I'm ready for it. I'm in my sweatshirt. Christian, if you would do the socials, please. I won't mind. Uh, if you want to continue listening to the chaos that we like to spurt into these mics, just kidding. We love you guys so much. We appreciate the downloads. Let's continue it on. Make sure you guys have your auto downloads on. If you would like to get in touch with us we have tons of social ways that you can that being our instagram facebook tiktok twitter all of those we love you guys we're about to be into the best time of the year it's the most wonderful time
insert gothic cathedral music into that. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Just monks singing. We, we've had our house decorated since, what, August 1st? Uh, it's, it stays decorated this way. The this studio is your home decor. Does. We just make it a little bit more ramped up as we get closer. I'm here for Some it. Some of it does come down. I will tell you that. Well, yeah, but. Hey, guys, make sure you rate and review the show. If the listening service you listen to us on, the platform you listen to us on, uh, allows you to leave us a review, please do so. And I'm going to play now. A little bit of Eyes Without a Face by Billy Idol to close out the show. So enjoy. <laughs> 